0: I must not fear. Fear is the mind killer. Fear is the little death that brings total obliteration. I will face my fear. I will permit it to pass over me and through me. And when it has gone past, I will turn the inner eye to see its path. Where the fear has gone, there will be nothing. Only I will remain.
1: Welcome to the Dune Saga Podcast. Your hosts, David, Scott, and Jim, guide you through the chronological epic story of Dune. Enjoy the conversation.
0: Podcast, I'm David Bolton. And I am Scott Hurtug.
2: And I'm Jim Arrowwood.
0: And on this episode, we are discussing the last book chronologically Sandworms of
1: Doom. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. <ugs> but yeah. Yes.
2: And it felt like an ending, too.
1: It
0: did. It did. It did. Just a little brief, brief overview. We jump right back in with uh, those that are on the no-ship running from the net of the um, ominous ominous, uh, villains. So we we know that the machines are back. Uh, We have the old Empire getting ready to fight back the machines, uh, dealing with that, as well as a face-dancer overtaking of most of the Big political parties, uh, industry, lots of stuff going on, uh, lots of stuff to talk about, we'll definitely get into. Feels weird that, I mean, theoretically, we're like, this is it, it's over, um, and that kind of just baffles me to think about, even though, I mean, I know, like Jim, I just finished the last night, so I'm kind of like, I mean, it's not over, because we still have a lot more of the show, we've a couple months, you know, six months or so of the show, yeah, but at the same
1: time, the main story is done. It just feels weird. It does feel weird. I mean, it's been a uh, almost a two-year journey that we've gone on to really work our way through these books. And yeah. uh, and uh, to be this near the end is pretty uh, phenomenal. Yeah. And uh, we do have some new material to hit. We have, of course, the, the school books mm-hmm. that we're going to hit. And... Um, some other uh, supplementary material and short stories that we'll hit that will give us some new material. Right. But as far as the, the story itself, it's uh, fairly complete.
0: Right. I mean,
1: I don't even know what to say. Uh, say about my overall impressions. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, that's your stuff. That's me. Yeah. That's me. Do you want me to start? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Overall impressions. It was a good book. Um, I found when I had read Hunters of Dune that when I had gotten into Hunters it was kind of like, here we go again. But by the time I hit the end of Hunters, I went straight into Sandworms. And uh, and I really enjoyed Sandworms where it picked up. We of course uh, have the big reveal at the end of Hunters about Omnius and Erasmus and that continues. I mean, This really is a war with the the war with the Evermind mm-hmm. um, and them trying to defeat the Evermind and uh, interesting way to kind of bring that all together um, yeah. and I and, and I did like it, I liked it I, I'm not sure what it was my favorite Dune book but I did like it right before we go on, roll and sing or
0: something with my mic it's got a lot of headroom a lot of echo?
1: yeah All right. Nice. Um, I don't know if the game's up on or- i have be down oh, okay um I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. Oh well. well. I I'll take you down a little bit. So Okay. All
0: right. Uh yeah, wow. I mean I, I, I feel very similar to the way that you did about this book for me. Um I enjoyed getting away from Frank's writing and back into uh Brian and Kevin James. It was a relief. But even so, it still kind of felt drawn out because it was more... It it wasn't very much a continuation, and just like the sisterhood was kind of worn out on them. However, this book felt light and fun and just fast-paced and exactly like what I wanted, you know, after everything we read. So I was very much enthused during the whole thing. Uh, I never felt um, bored or like I was just waiting for something. It was like every chapter I wanted to read the next chapter. I wanted to read of that story. And of course they paste it right. So the next chapter I would be like, oh, you know, this is now back to this story or this is back to that story. And that kind of annoyed me, but at the same time I was like, well, this is what keeps you reading the book.
1: So. Thank you, Jim.
2: I, I have to agree with both of you. It was, uh, paced really, really well. Uh, there wasn't a lot of wasted words. Just uh, a really, really good story. Uh, the end though, after the war was over, it started to get a bit draggy. But that might have been because I was reading from between 10 and 11 o'clock.
1: <laughs> On a school
2: night. No, Yeah, knowing I had to get up at 4.30 this morning. So, But But, yeah, I I just really like this book.
0: I'm with you on that. I mean, the epilogue felt very traditional, dude. And almost like it was was getting you ready for more, in a way. Um, But at the same time, it was very much an ending. I think the only thing that really bugged me in the overall impression of this book was that everyone literally did have a reason for being there. There was no one who was just there. I mean, yeah. I mean, it, it, the only one who was almost kind of only was Ch- Cheney was the only one who didn't do anything spectacular. I mean, Yui killed the Baron. Jessica was there for like being all motherly and everything. Alia attacked the Baron. Um, you know, the, the, Paul did his thing. Lato was awesome. Everyone had their their reason for being alive.
2: Yeah, and you know, as you said, David, I want to second what you said. The door did not get slammed shut completely, right? And so, so if they chose to go on, it it could happen. Yeah, but I I love, I love that last part of the epilogue though, where, you know, uh, Cheney and and Paul are are out there on the dunes. And Cheney's going to have a have a baby or babies, and they're just so relieved that uh, they're they don't have a destiny. You know, they're just gonna have kids. Yeah,
1: I, yeah, I thought that yeah. was great too. Yeah, I, uh, I second that.
0: Cool. Yeah. Uh, any other overall impressions you want to talk
1: about? Well, you know, the only thing I would say is um, it it wraps it up very neatly mm-hmm. and maybe to the, the fault that in this book everything seems tied up yeah. nicely and maybe perhaps too conveniently um again we what we if there are be loose ends we'd be complaining about how these loose ends are never answered so right. i understand that side of it but i think that there's also this part that no way in society is that ever true you know, nothing ever really gets tied up 100 percent like that. Um, but I think it was good. I mean, you're going you're going off of in theory Frank's notes and uh, yeah. So it's kind of interesting
0: to think that they've written five now. I mean, when now years comes out, five books since this since Sandworms, and not once have they attempted to continue it further. It's like I don't know if they're going to stick to it being the genuine end of all ends, but uh, it seems like they are. Yeah, maybe. So. Yeah. Yeah.
2: Well, should we get into characters?
1: Yeah, let's do characters. Let's do characters. We thought of characters this time.
2: Yeah, we have, well, a lot of the same ones. There were a few that weren't there. Uh, How about, we'll start, we can start with Duncan the ultimate Kwisatz Haderach.
0: I remember the first time I read this, feeling he was such a badass at the end of the book. This time, I don't know. I didn't feel it. I was just like, okay, I get it. It makes sense that he's this all-powerful
1: being. It fits. But he didn't feel like a badass to me. I don't know. I wouldn't interpret him as being a badass. Yeah. I would say he was he was a person that was needed. Right. He had a purpose. I
0: don't know. I guess I just remembered it more. I mean, I, I, I don't know. Was I there, still like this character
1: a lot.
2: Was there ever a doubt in your mind that he was going to be the ultimate one?
1: It's easy to look back in retrospect and say, well, it makes sense. He's going to be the ultimate one. When you're reading through the series... Uh, Duncan remained the constant, mm-hmm. the constant from the, the house books all the way up to here. In every single novel, we have Duncan. And so I think uh, on, the, on the subconscious level, it makes sense that Duncan would be the ultimate one because you don't mm-hmm. have anyone that's been around for the, the entire saga. Again, yeah. if we're discounting the Butler and Jihad books. So in retrospect, it makes sense that he is the ultimate. But I, you know, even going into this book, I, I did not have doubts. I did, I didn't, I, I didn't really. Th- let me put it this way: I didn't necessarily think that Duncan was going to be it necessarily. I was wondering they had two Pauls. Um, they had later the second. Now you know, I was wondering: are these are these other people, or maybe someone else was going to bring in, come a crease, and um uh, yeah. ended up being Duncan. Because I mean, the other ones we we've had. You know, a couple times we had we had the God Emperor, and then now we have Duncan. But Duncan really hasn't shown anything uh, being a even a Miles Tag, which was might would have been my guess. Like who's going to be the Kwisatz Haderach, and he ends up, of course, dying and not being that. But uh, Duncan would have not been my if you had said Duncan's going to be, I would have said, well, yeah, maybe twenty five percent. You know, so I wouldn't guess that.
2: I think I kind of kind of knew even even since the the book before that Duncan was going to be it okay but but I had my doubts along the way At for you know it first, uh, okay it's gonna be the Paul Gola on the Ithaca no 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 it's gonna be uh, Harkonnen's Paul. no it's gonna be Lido the oh, second it's gonna be Duncan no it's not gonna be Duncan it's gonna be you know I I really I think I got into that little tangle because they until it was actually revealed that it was Duncan, I didn't know.
1: Yeah, and that was mine. When they reveal it's Duncan, I'm like, it, it caught me a bit off guard. I was not surprised, like, when you think back on it, but it caught me off guard.
2: Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking the same way.
1: Yeah. I think what caught me off guard the first time,
0: not so much that he was the Quisicara, as much as the melding with the machines blew my mind. Yeah. I remember, I remember like,
1: whoa! That uh, was pretty insane.
0: Yeah, and I do remember in in well, the first time I read it, I remember it being more forced upon him than being uh, how how it actually happened. In my memory, Erasmus kind of just like grabbed him and was just like, "Hey, I'm gonna sacrifice myself to make you the ultimate being," and and just like merged with him. But that's, I mean, you know, it was like a mutual thing in reality. So.
2: Yeah. Well, that kind of makes sense to me, though, that they they did have that merging. Otherwise, the war would have just continued. Right. So,
1: well, Duncan like, definitely needed a bandana
2: if he was badass.
1: Yes, yeah, that's, right. that's a discussion going on in the chat room. Like he should have <laughs> a bandana, and that it would have been the ultimate badass. Unless he has a beard, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, beard. Well, then was. I guess that <laughs> I guess you are badass. Oh. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That's right. <laughs> you are the
2: ultimate quizup. So, what did we think of Shiana?
1: There, that's my thought. Okay. Uh, you know, I, I, you know, in saying that, I like, I like Shiana. Don't get me wrong. Um, she certainly has her place. My fate my one of my favorite places is, is when she cuts later the second loose with the sandworms. You know, that, that yeah. scene when, when the ship busts open and the sandworms go riding out with later the second on top, you know, guiding them. And it's, it's just, I just picture this as being, if this were a movie, this would be the scene I'd be waiting for them busting on the ship. And with the seven sandworms, you know, rising and falling and destroying things that go through the city and getting it, getting a mind of their own. That was it. Um, I didn't, I understand later the second's demise uh, mm-hmm. at the end, but, but that that scene where she kind of says, okay, and opens up the hatch and lets him go, that was my one of my favorite moments. Yeah. I felt
0: more so than in any of the other books, I emphasized with, emphasized with her. I got her character. Um, I don't know if it was just because of the struggle the action was so much faster and she wasn't, she wasn't doing the typical Ben desert wine constantly mm-hmm. uh, with the threat of the face dancer and stuff like that kind of pushing her to action over and over again and see her worn down. Like I got, I felt like I, I knew her more in this book than before. And I, and I almost liked her a little bit. And I, and I liked the tension between her and Duncan about how I mean, neither of them uh, gave into it, but they both were just like, Maybe they did that one time in the hallway, yeah. but but they
1: they both acknowledge it was there and their limitations and all that mm-hmm. stuff. You know what? Roland asked a great question. Like, you know, did he ever explain to Shiana's head how how she he ends up she ends up having Serena's voice? <sighs> Erasmus, I just don't recall.
0: Erasmus makes a comment that it would have been impossible for Shiana directly to be a descendant of um, Serena. However, mm-hmm. he makes note that he made many clones of her. Gola-like clones.
1: And and he even says, who knows what happened to them. So so it's kind of like, it's kind of this, uh, well, maybe one of those. Yeah, and that's so, kind of all we're given.
0: Yeah, so like it's possible that because they're a clone, they would carry her genetic history so that when she unlocked it with becoming a reverend mother, she would unlock the... Anyway, yeah. Yeah. So I, think, I think that's the, the best best that we're going to get
2: yeah and then you know i think that maybe to me shiana and garimi were a single character but we were looking at two sides of of the same coin with those two
0: yeah i can see what you're saying with that yeah i mean there it's like conservatism and ultra conservatism and kind of having the way down the center of the yeah. Yeah.
2: How about Miles? Miles. You know, you said that
1: Duncan is the ultimate badass. I disagree. <laughs> because I think that Miles Tag has that honor. Because, man, not only does he single-handedly almost save the ship numerous times. when the last time when he sacrificed himself, what he does... Absolutely insane. Oh, yeah. He is by far way more badass than uh, Duncan is, in my opinion. He deserves a bandana around his head and a <laughs> beard. Um, he's probably too young for a beard. But, you know, just just uh, what he does and how he pushes himself and sacrifices himself. Mm-hmm. Miles Tay had to be one of my favorite characters in this book.
0: Yeah, you
1: know,
0: I, in my memory, was getting this book, and I don't remember which one of the prequels it was, because I remember it clearly now that I think it was Ricci's or X, or someplace that got, like, bombarded, and then they found the survivors. No, it was during the Legends books, I think. They found the survivors, shouldn't have survived the, like, nuclear holocaust, but they were in caves, Right. and they found them, and I kept thinking – I thought that they found like old Miles on Ar- Arrakis in a cave. And I thought that what's his face, the waif was gonna was gonna be there and find him in a cave and he really go But um, hmm. that was wrong.
2: <laughs> See to me Miles to me Miles was take all the heroes throughout all the series and put them all together and that's Miles. He just, he just represents the best of everybody.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I would agree. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, I would agree. I, he, he, he does bring out the, he's like the ultimate hero in a sense.
2: He is working for the Benny Gesserit, but he is his own man at the same time.
1: You know, here's the thing about between him and Duncan, you had to kill off Miles Tate. Because you couldn't have Miles Tegg be alive at the end because it would have been too much competition for Duncan. Duncan, if he was going to be the Kwisatz Haderach, had to be the only one of those two alive. Because, I mean, again, the one that makes sense to be the Kwisatz Haderach is Miles Tegg. So you have to pull him out of the picture. I don't don't think it makes sense for him to maybe
0: a Kwisatz Haderach, but not the ultimate Kwisatz Haderach. Because the reason that Duncan's the ultimate Kwisatz Haderach is because he's lived so many lives that he knows himself and humanity better than any other being possibly could.
1: It just took a contender out of the way. I,
2: I have to agree with Scott on that point that, that yeah, Miles would have been a definite rival for that position at this point. I I don't know. I mean, I, underst- I understand what you're saying. I mean, Dave, um, uh...
1: Uh, Duncan has existed through all these books, all these storylines, all this time. And Miles has had, what, two generations of him, basically. And I understand that. But his powers and what he did and his heroism really almost outshone Duncan's because Duncan only confined himself to the ship except for one other instance. And Mm -hmm. and it really – it was – together that they really handled stuff in the ship, and in a lot of ways, Miles outshone him, as far as the character goes. Now, I I understand that, logistically, from the timeline, that that Duncan really made sense to be the quiz outsider. When you look at it in retrospect, but going into it, you're going to be, like, I would have been said, well, Miles is really the one that would have been my, if you had said, you know, all the characters present at the end, besides Paul, including Paul, I said, well, Miles is an equal contender for that. And by killing him, you just got rid of that. Yeah.
0: I did notice the, um, the thing to myself. I wonder if Duncan will continually go uh, miles. Because at the, at the end, he brings him back. He's like, I've got to have mm-hmm. my friend on my side. And I was like, whoa, oh, he's just like I like, I wonder if that's supposed to be a mirroring of what he did. In my, um, you
2: know. There was a lot... There was a heck of a lot of that mirroring throughout this book, which I found really, really cool. Okay, so that kind of brings us around to the Gola children.
1: (laughs) Um,
0: I love Leto. I I mean, because Leto's always been my favorite character. So it's like, even when, when he merged with the worms. I'm talking about
1: later the second.
0: Later the second, yeah. yeah. He merged with the worms and stuff. Uh, I thought it was cool. The only thing I, I was disappointed, we never saw any more of his shape-shifting abilities ever. I that being such a big deal in the last book. i uh, kind of curious why they dropped that. But, um, I thought that was cool. You know, just like him becoming one and him waking up and kind of explaining the golden path and how the golden path was always leading to Omnius and to destroy the machines. Uh, and even he himself was like, this is my golden path and this is the end of it. And did I know, always know that? I don't know, but here I am. You know? like. Right. Uh,
1: he was my favorite one. So. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Of the uh, of the Golden Children? Yeah. Um, I don't know if I'm a favorite of the Golden Children. I mean, there was something very noble about Fufir and Silgar staying back in that planet. Um, to help them kind of battle things. Um, certainly, Paul and Cheney. I mean, it was great to see these characters, but none of these characters really were the original characters that yeah. we knew and loved and really never developed that far. Except for Yui was the only one that I really felt was you. Yeah. Because he was also awoken And you long probably long. saw his struggle the most. Yeah, and I... I like that. We finally got some time. Yeah, we care. have some depth. That was a, This is really the first time we got a lot of depth with you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I agree with that. I like. I, I think Yui was probably my favorite of the goals. He was, because he was of good. That. He was good. And even mm-hmm. for being a,
0: being a, face dancer. I like the idea that they were like, was the mimic so strong that, at times he he didn't even realize he was a face dancer. He like that oh, aspect, you know, because he went to
1: say later and all that stuff. Yeah, well, they, uh, Roland was asking a great question. He, or statement, he said, I feel the authors rely too heavily on our emotional attachment to the goal's previous lives. And I understand that. Um, but I think in the case of Yui, you didn't get that because you don't know much about his prior life. We actually get more about his prior life here. Well, I mean, I don't want well, to see okay. in the house books. Okay, yeah. uh, maybe it's the betrayal that we don't really get. A full, yeah. We get a much fuller view of the betrayal in this in this book than we've gotten before. And how about his re-betrayal?
0: I forgot about that, and I thought that was excellent storytelling there.
1: Well, his re-betrayal, but he was deceived. Still, Still. it was like cursed to always commit the, you know. Yeah. Okay, now I, I have to ask, we were talking about the re-betrayal. We must talk about the two... Uh, shapeshifters that take the form of of was it Fufir? and and uh, uh, and, uh, the rabbi was anyone here surprised that they were the two? Okay well I
0: will say it's been a long time since I read the book and someone let's just call him Roland mentioned it to me (laughs) I'm at the point where they discover Fufir's a face dancer I was like, "Dang it, Roland! <laughs> I forgot that." <laughs> so I remembered that part. However, up until right before it was discovered, I had forgotten that the Rabbi was also
1: I I figured the moment they were on the planet and they were like the last two running toward the ship, I'm like, "Why is no one checking to see if they're shapeshifters?" Yeah, I'm like, a "Come on, shop. what's that?" Right. And then you're pretending like it's like, and I, and I was like, "Come on, come on!" And I was just, I was just, I was just waiting for it to, the the bomb to drop. It was a, and so when Fufu was discovered, grew, I was like, Rabbi, you it. And the rabbi just became more and more the obvious choice as it went along. And man, Ghanemi in there, who she kicked ass. Yeah. She she was like river in Shredder, <laughs> yeah. You know, she drops down, you know, takes out the it's like you're damaging my call. You know that it's just it's awesome. So I was just uh um it was just good.
2: Yeah, Thufer and the rabbi, coming back late in, in the last book, was was definitely, they, they came back and just got on the ship, and it didn't feel exactly right, and I just kind of, I just kind of didn't even, I didn't even remember that, I I just, okay, well, maybe it's a plot hole, I don't know, uh. but when it turned out to be Thufer, that one surprised me, the rabbi didn't.
0: It was, they actually revealed the rabbi before they revealed Buford, because was in the meeting with him, and he walks by and right. Skytail smells it and makes it humming noise and makes him shake or whatever.
1: Right. Uh, yeah. These uh,
2: these face dancers must have really been good because nobody could detect them.
0: Yeah, definitely not until you know they they had one of the bodies to study. Right. Yeah. Which makes you wonder why they didn't do that before. They had how many bodies of them that crashed into the into it?
2: Yeah. Well, even Skytail couldn't tell that they were uh face dancers. And he's a he's a master.
1: You know, one of the things that I thought was like, okay, we know that SAM worms can detect face dancers. Let's just cycle everyone through the Sandworm room and see how they react, right? Let's see those because they went absolutely nuts when Foo Fear went in. Yeah, and um, you know, let's get everyone and cycle them through. But I guess the Sandworms uh, were kind of unreliable. I mean, I understand why they did, but that was my first thought: was like cycle them through the Sandworm room. So. <laughs>
2: Should we talk about uh, the Evermind and Erasmus?
0: Yeah, uh, I liked. People said they didn't see growth in their characters, and I I thought that their characters, you saw more of the flaws and obvious that he wasn't the fool himself, and you saw a lot of growth in Erasmus, and his understanding of humans.
2: Yeah. Oh, and he really likes the ladies, too. Yeah, yeah.
0: He, he wants to be a lady. Um, I liked that part about them a lot, um, and, and that the discovery that Erasmus was
1: pretty much always in control to a degree. Yeah. I, yeah. I, by far, I like Erasmus. Uh-huh. Erasmus comes off as someone that I really do enjoy as a character, and his quest to become a human is kind of endearing, um, although, you know, as Duncan suggests, we don't know what's waiting for him on the other side. Right. But I like the idea that you know he, he you
0: you get a feel for him a lot more than you had. Uh, you kind of you do kind of like him, but at the same time you can be like, well, I like him, but he's still brutal and. Capable of a lot of evil, unlike the Baron, who no matter what, it was hit. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's,
2: um, yeah. That
1: was like just deserved. Just, yeah, just
2: deserved. <laughs> 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 yeah. No, Omnius, Omnius was kind of cool because he was flawed. You know, uh, as Erasmus said, all Omnius cared about was what he wanted to hear. Don't bother me with the details. Just give me the facts. And so Omnius would take what he wanted and and let the rest go. And sometimes he missed some important information.
0: Right. 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 One of the things they didn't make a big deal about was Omnius planning copies of himself. Old Omnius would play on how every, every planet he took over he would plant himself and they didn't talk about him doing that at all. It was just pure destruction.
2: There's no machines for him to put himself into anymore. The machines have all been banned.
0: Well, I mean but yeah, but he would take over the planet in the old books. You know, they would pop they plant a copy of them they would put a spire on the on the planet. But they didn't do I mean yeah. they did talk about how there were more copies when Norma pulled him away, but she pulled all
2: of him what? Yeah. So what did we what do we uh what do we want to say about Crone?
1: You know, the uh crone and the shapeshifters. Yeah. The uh the, the kill switch in them. I was uh, happy I, I was happy about that. I was happy about that. And the fact yeah. they just start dropping and like people like next to them like, they don't know their shapeshifters like boom, boom, boom. I like how Erasmus
0: is like right now, people's spouses and best
1: friends and stuff.
0: And they not, may not—they they have forgotten they were face dancers. They're all just falling over right now. Right.
1: I thought that was. Yeah. That would be be like the rapture.
2: <laughs> <laughs> you know, I liked Crone less than I liked uh, the Baron. Yes. Why is that? Uh, when the Baron is evil, he's letting everybody know it. But these face dancers, Crone and his face dancers, are trying to hide it.
1: Ah uh, yeah,
2: yeah. Oh, I agree. Yeah, it just makes it a lot, a lot worse with with someone like that because they're not only bad but they're deceptive, and it's just I I just don't like the way that operates. Hmm.
0: Yeah, I I I get you, I get that. I mean, like you never trusted it was plots within plots within plots with the face dancers.
1: Yeah. when you weren't really sure what they were getting at. Yeah. I think that became a bit muddy at times, at least for me when I looked at Carl, I'm like, Well, what's his real objective here? Yeah, part of me was just
0: like, Why does he want everyone destroyed? Like what's the point? Yeah. For face dancers you know, themselves.
2: Well, he came in and tried to tell he tried to tell Erasmus that I'm actually the one in charge here.
0: Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then I little bit was like, Well, let me show you what I mean and then the guys all around just jumped dead. And he's like, Let me do that again and then the guys on the other side of the room dropped dead. <laughs> you yeah. uh, I thought that was cool yeah. that, was. that was pretty insane how about when Erasmus went into uh, Chiana's room and saw the painting and was just like nope this is me I drew this this thing you've been talking about for books and books it's like yeah, no, I did this and she you know I thought that was really cool and then he tore it up I thought that
1: was cool too. Yeah, I thought she was going to get it then oh yeah like he was just going to tear it See, yeah. I think that's part of what you were seeing, some of the humanizing
0: of him. Like, he he definitely was capable of killing people more often. And I think old Erasmus would have just killed people and then yeah. thought, of, thought about it later. But this one was more like, I could kill you, but I'd rather you think that I could kill you than kill you.
1: <laughs>
2: yeah. yeah. Of course, we, we can't get away without talking about uh, Marbella. Janice and and uh, the new sisterhood. sisterhood. Yeah. And the wave call we sure. well,
0: we didn't talk about Skytime much yeah. Um, I don't really have much to say about them, honestly. Their storyline was the one I cared for least about.
1: Yeah. Mabella I felt like she was throwing a canter when the Oracle time came and when yeah. give her what she wanted. Right. So it felt that way a little yeah. bit. Um I like how they're all pulled together at the end. Yeah. Uh, probably my least satisfactory one was the wave goal. Oh yeah. Because you put him on Dune, he releases the sandworms, uh, they all die. Right. For whatever reason, and then he finds that there's sandworms there. There's sandworms
0: there already. Yeah, which by the way was kind of cool. I forgot that storyline, and in my mind it was like, well, he probably bring, he must bring them back, he must. He has to. Um, but then when they were on the planet, they were like, oh, how is there still atmosphere? I was like, oh, there's still worms. As soon as, they, as, soon as that line came up, I was like, there's still worms, because they, they mentioned that before with the rackets. There's, there's no plant life, how is there still air, because the worms make it. Mm-hmm. And I was instantly
2: like, oh, there's still You animals. mentioned Skytail. Uh, kind of a turnaround in an attitude towards him right there at the end, wasn't there?
0: Yeah. I wound up really liking the the young SkyTail. Like, just yeah. the way that character acted and, and the way he like the way to see a like in action rather than just scheming, I thought that was really uh, really cool. And you know, they get to the plan, he's like, Well by the way guys, even though you didn't want me to, I've been making this gas because I figured we need it and I've got a bunch of it, so let's use it. And everyone was just like, like
1: Okay. Yeah, or at least mm-hmm. he is.
2: He went from zero to hero pretty quick. I I wonder I wonder if he's uh, actually to be trusted. I mean, well, I
0: mean in the epilogue, he he's very much working with the sisterhood. Yeah. He's brought back females like Sue, and he's not using them as tags. And he's brought back other masters. And my thought was, I get that he came back, and I get that he brought women back. And he's trying to this like new equilibrium world, but then he brought the other masters back. And what's to say they're going to have the same viewpoint when they wake up?
2: Yeah. Well, who knows? So now we ha- we come down to Scott's favorite, Serena Butler, the Oracle, the Oracle of Time. Oracle well, that's time. Mar- Senma, so. Norma Senva Or Norma Senva, I'm sorry.
1: Yeah, not Serena. I like Serena too, but Norma Senva. Oracle Time. I, you know, it was a pleasure to see her in action. Did you suspect did they reveal that last one? That you she was the Oracle Time. Well, yeah. 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 Yeah, in fact I I suspected it early on that she was the Oracle Time. There was okay. enough enough hints given that we had that it was Oracle Time.
2: Okay. I thought that was established at some point.
1: Yeah, in the last book, it was definitely established.
0: Yeah, I, I may—I can't remember if I told you that in the one book where they went to the Oracle when she was just in, like, a ball on Junction. And they, and they were like, oh, this is the Oracle time or whatever. But. Yeah, I don't remember. Yeah. What book was that that he went to was a ball? It was the one with the twins where the one became a an navigator and the other one was Fiddle and he was the spy.
1: Oh, so you're talking back to the house books.
0: Yeah.
1: Oh, wow, mm-hmm. I don't remember that. Yeah,
0: the, the one goes, the one twin goes to Kimmy. Too much time has passed. and yeah. David,
1: I don't remember.
2: Where's your uh, memory? Uh, <laughs> 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 that's what, Wiki, what Wikipedia is for.
1: Yeah. <laughs> anyways, anyways. No, that's what Roland's for. That's what <laughs> Roland's for. Our yeah. Man, yeah, yeah, our, our personal... Do talk a podcast my time. yeah, so Norma, I, I love Norma. Always love Norma. She's yeah. my she's my crush in this sign. Right I like how she couldn't
0: remember what she should look like. I thought that was cool. You yeah. know, she comes back, she looks beautiful, but then she shifts back into her ugly self. And then she's like, wait a minute, I shouldn't like
1: this, and she's just a floating head. Yeah. I kept picturing mm-hmm. Wizard of Oz then. Yeah. Wizard of Oz head
2: Q. Give her a break. It's only been 15,000 years. I mean, come on. (laughs) After 15,000 years,
1: you look this good.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Uh, Is there anyone we forgot to talk about?
1: I think we, I think we dissected the characters pretty well. Let's move on into any points of plot that we uh, should chat about. And maybe we can kind of combine that with themes as well yeah okay well let's let's cover some themes, and then if there's anything else, we can, we
0: can bring it up. so um well, the themes that we talked about was like the way life aboard the Ithaca had changed over the decades and kind of starting like being nomads, right? how that how
1: that was. Um, I didn't feel like a lot of new ground was covered there. I tell you, I tell you, it did feel anticlimactic. To have the Ithaca caught. Like, I really, not knowing this, I mean, at the end, you understand why it played out the way it was. But still, I was kind of like, oh, they're escaping the net. We'll find the planet. Just just the the fact that they were caught was a letdown for me. I didn't want them caught.
2: It was a relief for me. It was like, yes, they're finally caught.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Oh, way to root for Omnius, buddy. (laughs)
2: <laughs> no, I just, you know, it was like, how are they going to get away again, you know, and who's, how are they going to do this? And, and it was just, you know, uh, it was time to get caught and, and resolve this, what, 30 year journey.
0: Yeah. I'm going to be with you there.
2: You know, they, they, they could not find a place to settle there was no place they could go where they where they didn't almost get caught. It it just started becoming tedious. And it gave uh it, it gave Miles a chance to shine too.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Absolutely. <laughs> We've got the storyline of the new sisterhood. Um this I thought took a reverse of what we had seen in the other book where she brought them together and made them more Betty Jesuit. And through disaster and stuff, they almost started to become more, um, outer oh, oh. mantras, But like, because, she even says, like, oh, I'm letting my outer mantra part out, and we're just going to throw ourselves at the machines. Mm-hmm. And, uh, I, I thought that that was the only real interesting thing to me in this story, uh, yeah, it was it. I, I didn't really care. I mean, like I said before, Mother's Mother Mother Commander was my least favorite part of the of the book. Not
1: that hmm. it was bad, I just didn't care.
2: Yeah. Hmm.
1: You know, they kept getting screwed. I think that's the thing that like so they get these uh planet disaster bombs that, that don't really go and then they just kind of randomly one goes off and there were too there was too much I felt like there was the cars were stacked against them almost too many times for me to care. Yeah. Um and they made a valiant effort and they brought all the worlds together. And right. so that was kind of cool. The ability to do that. But still I just just didn't do much. But, yeah. You
2: well know, I kinda I kinda thought though that uh, I, all the way through I was wondering how long are these women going to allow themselves to be pushed around before they finally say that's enough this far no farther you know and uh and before they came back and viciously uh as honored maters rather than Benny Jesuit,
1: right no, I, agree. I agree in an, in a, in a, in one way that that fierceness is serves them well at the end when they say well we're just going to go and destroy the fleet and sacrifice ourselves we're going to mm-hmm. do whatever we can it's it's it, it kind of that sort of fierceness is what drives them there at the end yeah so. another big big plot point we have is the
0: Erasmus and Ominous' search for the earth for the exact cataract of their own
1: right um, yeah I was not surprised that they had Paulo and Paul face off. No surprise at all. Um, I was also not surprised that he became not evil once he remembered
0: himself. I kept thinking once he remembers his past, every other goal will always
1: the old them gets wiped away i was I was disappointed though that he couldn't pull himself out of the trance. Yeah. But... yeah,
2: I was seriously surprised that Paul didn't win,
1: well, but he, but he does win
2: in
0: a sense. I i was, I honestly was waiting for for um Yui to cut open the one Paul to take the heart and put it in the, the good Paul, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. But then he even said he couldn't kill him because he was still Paul, right? So,
2: mm-hmm. right. You know, there was the one theme in this book that I really enjoyed or plot point or whatever you'd like to call it, was uh, and and I think we mentioned it a little bit before, how Yui was um, deceived into killing uh, Leto again and Jessica was there and he became the goat again and then he was able to redeem himself and and things like this. I'll tell you, you know um just a a miniature play from the original story it was it, that was neat to me. I really liked those little flashbacks that they made to previous books and previous stories
0: yeah i I enjoyed that as well. I forgot the feels uh later again. And
2: I thought
0: that was great. Yeah. Uh, for a split second in the epilogue, I thought him and Jessica, that was their child. And I was like, they named another kid Leto? I mean, come on. That was the Golo, the Golo of Leto, which made more sense. <laughs> yeah. So, um anything else in this area? My favorite part of the book, I agree with Scott. My favorite part was the worms and seeing Leto kind of merge with the worms. Yeah, that
1: was pretty pretty freaking cool. That would be the scene that I would want to see in the movie. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, Jim, you want to take us into the next area?
2: Yeah, we got uh, some favorite quotes. And uh, I put mine up there so nobody steals them. So, um, (laughs) Scott or David, which one of you would like to go for your favorite quotes? I
1: have one. Okay, go ahead. Uh, one quote and uh, it said one, and um, I think it's near the end, and it's this romantic quote where he oh, says, yeah. Uh, my my sihaya, he said to as he held her, I have loved you for 5,000 years. <laughs> <laughs> such a beautiful quote there, nothing revolutionary, but just something very loving. That was uh, neat, yeah. I did, I like that as a little too It was very romantic, very just kind of just encompassed the characters well. Was that the last quote of the book? It's not, is it? It is. It is, it is wonderful. It's a wonderful way. It's it's the two cowboys riding off into the sunset. It's yeah. the it's whatever you want to put it as they stand on the dunes. It's just Paul and Shane. Paul and Shane. Yeah.
2: And you know you, you know something at the end of it with that quote to me it's like and I thought this last night as I finished the book. We've gone through all this crap for 15,000 years, and it could have been all avoided if everybody had just gotten along like that in the beginning.
0: Right. Well, I mean, well, the, the robots, yeah. Yeah. but Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so my quote, I liked it when I was reading it last night. And I, and I, I know you saw I put it online Jim but, but um it made me think of I guess maybe kind of current events too and I said our shared humanity should by definition make us allies in a sad fact however our very similarities are often uh, our very similarities often appear to be vast differences and in the insurmountable obstacles uh, mother commander of Ver, says that um mm-hmm you know, just everything's going on in society right now. It just fit for me, so I like that a lot.
2: There were there were a few of those like that. Well, I'll tell you what I got. I put down three here, but I just picked three that sounded cool. But the one that I really wanted is my third one, uh, and this is from the text on page four one four. Uh, after Miles succumbed to to trying to save the ship, it says. Miles used up his entire lifespan to give us the repairs we needed and I couldn't break us free, that's Duncan. He shouldn't have done it. And then Shiana fixed a hard look on him. He shouldn't have tried? We're humans. We have to try, no matter what the odds are. There are never any guarantees. Every action in life is a gamble. The Bashar fought to the last instance of his existence because he believed that there was a chance. A beautiful quote. Yeah. Yeah. It sums up Miles all all in just one,
1: just a few yeah. words. Yeah. Yeah. Well, why don't you read your other two quotes as well, because I think they're real good as well.
2: Okay. Well, uh, the other was, uh, True loyalty is an unshakable force. The difficulty is in determining exactly where a person's allegiance lies. Often that bond is only to oneself. Yeah, people are selfish. <laughs> Duncan Idaho uh, wrote that in his apparently his biography, A Thousand Lives. Okay, and then the other one was the worst part of going back is that the past is never exactly the way you remember it.
1: <laughs> Isn't that a, the truth?
2: Oh gosh, yeah, hindsight is twenty-twenty. Uh, Paul and Paul Atreides said that
1: yeah you, know, you go back to places that you've been things you remember and they are quite exactly the way you ever
2: oh yeah i've run into that many many times you know uh, i said you remember that time we did this this and this and i did that and someone you never did that well i sure did <laughs> in my mind well, i did it i never took any loot lessons give me a break here <laughs> Dude, you know you
1: took loot lessons
2: <laughs> undeniable,
1: undeniable, undeniable.
0: What's us What's it? Last month's poll.
1: Yeah.
0: Who would you rather have by your side during the adventure, Part Three? Yeah. Duncan <laughs> Idaho, Siona, Trades, Later the Second, Miles, Tag, Shiana, Marbella. Later the Second, worm Form,
1: Worm, worm Form, worm form. Worm. 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 Yeah. I'm going to go with Miles. Miles,
2: Miles, Tag. <laughs> It's unanimous.
1: <laughs> it is, I mean, Miles said. And Roland agrees, but uh, uh Matthias uh, Gurney Halleck, which he would he would definitely be a second choice.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it was a really long journey, uh
1: probably or Norma Sedva. Norma Sedva, yeah, he's not in the list, but normally, uh, you know, here's the thing. Gurney is too far removed for me. Uh, Miles Tag is too fresh. Like the yeah. awesome deeds of Miles Tag. Absolutely. Now Miles Tag. If you'd asked me this question back in, back in when, you know, I don't know, dude, children of dude, dude Messiah. Yes. Mm-hmm. But well, I've been it gurney all the way. Yeah. You know, I would have because I think it was fresh. So. Right.
0: But, right. Next month's poll. Oh. Who is your favorite Kuzakara? Is it? Paul Trudens, Lado Trudens the second, or Duncan Idaho. Well, Miles Teg. Not, not, not official. <laughs> he's not. He's not a realized. Like, not official.
2: Okay, show of hands. Who thinks that Miles is?
0: <laughs> and I was like, "What about?" because
1: Miles Teg is a D.
0: I was like, "Well, what about the Paul clone from the Palazzo?" And what about Thundering uh, was almost one. It was all. He was a. Like
1: uh okay.
2: Yeah, wasn't uh wasn't Fade also supposed to be one?
1: Who? Fade. Yeah, Fade Oh yeah, yeah, definitely. Um there were some close calls, so yeah. yeah. That'll be our next next month's question. So which of these close calls was most like a crease? So let's let's, uh, let's
0: get to wrapping some stuff up here. Closing, closing thoughts. Jim, how would you rate this book?
2: Five. I don't even have to think about it.
0: <laughs> Four. Four? Four. Yeah. I loved it. Five. It was an easy read. It was a fast read. I didn't get bored. Five. No, it was good. It was a good book. I liked it. But... I mean, yeah, I'll stick with it. My gut says five. Yeah. So, all right. So, Normally, we would predict what's going to happen in the next book. So, the next book
1: is? Road to Doom. Road to Doom. It's a bunch of short stories. There's not a lot to predict. I predict that it's going to be about this, as, this asphalt path that people travel on. It- on, 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 the way, on the way to a place called Doom.
2: Hey, wait a minute. With yellow stripes and everything.
1: Yeah, <laughs> right. And and if you're going
0: one direction, you stay on one side. And if you're going the other direction, you stay on the other side.
1: Right. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. I think, think we're going <laughs> around the band. Better right? if you give me some catnip, I'll be good to go. Yeah. <laughs>
0: yeah, I mean, I don't know this one. I
1: mean, I,
0: I can't even predict what's going to happen in Sisterhood. I mean, we're a couple months away from reading that. Yeah.
1: Um, so there's not much to predict here. Road to Dune, though is gonna be fun.
0: Yeah, I think it's gonna be it's gonna be very weird. That's gonna be a good discussion because that stuff's not considered canon anymore. Yeah. So, but well, we're gonna do it anyways. Road to do, Road, Road to Dune. Road to So, yeah. that's next month. Okay. So, uh, as you guys know, we do a listener feedback show, and on our listener feedback show, we talk about things that you guys want to talk about. And your uh, comments about the books, any of them in any order, it's all up to you. To be a part of that show, all you have to do is email us at doonesagarpodcasts at gmail.com. Hit us up on Twitter at Doonesagarpodcasts or on Facebook, facebook.com slash We also have a voicemail line. Should you ever want to call, leave a message or email us at MP3 if you prefer that,
1: what is our voicemail line? It is 1260577 chat. That's 1260 And we would be remiss without giving Roland's rating of this book. Oh boy. He gave it a two out of five because he absolutely loved it. Yeah. He told me, he told me
0: personally, he said, there was so much loot in his head while reading
1: this book. That it just made it so enjoyable to him. All right, just uh, maybe distracted him. Like, the loot playing was just so absolutely yeah. amazing that he's like, I just can't concentrate. The a story. Trend. Yeah. Yeah. So lute, lute, lute. Yeah. Um, <laughs> just, just I'm head banging. Yeah. So head uh, banging some really, lute.
2: See, I love the music of the '50s. <laughs> That's
1: right. <laughs> they were always
0: head banging in the '50s. Yeah. Uh, of course, we want to thank our Patreon supporters. Remember,
1: Absolutely.
0: You have the Dune Soccer Podcast on the patreon.com website and uh, check out our subscription plans there. Uh, thank you, thank you, thank for everyone who takes
1: part in that. Make sure you check out the calendar to see when we're, we are going to record our next Road Dune, sometime September, probably. Yeah. Um, yep. So, um,
0: yeah. So, that us to the end. so, once again, for the Dune Soccer Podcast, I'm David Bolton. I'm Scott
2: Herzog. And I'm Jim Arrowood, and may Shai Hulud clear the path before you. Recorder is rolling.
1: Oh, it is? No, well, my, yes. my 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 recorder is now rolling. So you give
2: me your countdown. It is,
1: it's rolling and not rolling. Whoa, he's in the chat room. he's
2: in the chat We are rolling. Rolling now. on the river.
1: Wow, <laughs> It's gonna be one of those podcasts tonight. <laughs> yeah. All right, are we ready to go? Told
2: you. Yep. Here we Lack go. Back to sleep,
1: first day of teaching. Do it too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Go ahead and kill
2: In me. three <laughs> in three, two, one.